All right, welcome back to the nation. Let's get right back to the phone line. A very special guest, the head football coach at Duke University. Knows his way around the University of Tennessee as well and also knows his way around the latest entrant in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that being Peyton Manning. David Cutcliffe, how are you, my friend? I am really good, Chris. Um, I uh, enjoyed seeing. Do I need to get off speakerphone? Am I re- Does that sound bad? No, you sound fine. You sound fine, Coach. Okay, good. Uh, anyway, um, I saw it last night, you know, myself for the first time. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, when all of this was a surprise to Peyton, all set up by um, his wife, Ashley, the Hall of Fame, of course, and then NFL Films. So he thought he was out there doing a um, another Peyton's Place episode, and they were filming. They told us, okay, you guys are going to walk out of this tunnel, and you walk in behind him, and, and, and I was the first one out, and they said, Coach Cut, you, you go line everybody up and get lined up, and then once everybody's lined up, you can say, hey, we hit you from your blind side. And I told the producer, I said, he is too aware. There is no way, and with his peripheral vision, He's going to see us. He said, oh, no, it's impossible. We looked at it. And I said, I'm telling you, he's different. Well, you saw he immediately turned around. I'm two steps out of that tunnel, and I just chuckled uh, at the producer. And he said, I guess you know him. I said, yeah, I think I do know him. (laughs) But it was pretty funny. That's a great story, Cut. You know, you coached him, and I know you guys have maintained a very close relationship over the years. You told me one time, David, that, when you went to the practice field with Peyton Manning, you knew you had to be at your absolute best because every day he was going to bring something or he was going to challenge you in such a way that you better have the answers. What's it like to coach somebody like that? Well, he was uh, a voracious note-taker, and I, I kept notes for him through the years, and I just sent all of that back to Denver a while back. Andy Kozar had kind of archived everything. And I'm going to tell you, it would start in a meeting. We would sit down and we would start uh, a meeting, and then I would get into something. He'd say, now, wait a minute now. Two weeks ago, and he'd go flipping through his notebook, you said it this way. And I said, okay, Peyton, that was two weeks ago. This is now. But he would not forget anything that you said. And on the field, um, I don't think I ever came back in from a practice where I wasn't as soaking wet with sweat in August as he was because uh, it's just a uniqueness of him until something is not exactly right, you're not finished. And, um, yeah, just obviously that type of person makes you a a much better coach, and he's also a sponge. Um, We have conversations now about things I said to him uh, when he was a sophomore. He called me while he was playing. He said, you remember when you put this, this, and this in? He said, I think I want to get it put in here. Tell me the details. <laughs> you know? And it just, he, he's amazed me his whole career. And I guess I've known him since he was 16 or so, and I think he still amazes me today at his age today. Coach, it's Austin. When Peyton uh, had to miss the time in Indianapolis, was ultimately uh... – you know, they decided to go in a different direction, um, you know, and he started working his way back. He, he came to you at Duke 
and, and, and kind of you know started doing drills, started throwing. You're working with him. Peyton's never lacked for confidence, but at that point in time, where was he mentally? And, and then, and then, how quick did you able? To, were you able to kind of just see the old, you know, the old flashes as he worked his way back into uh, ended up winning the second Super Bowl, and of course had the uh, greatest season as a quarterback in the NFL history. Yeah, it's it's maybe. I'm glad that that NFL Films did document some of that. Um, if I had it to do over again, we would have documented every bit of it. So the, he, you know, he moved into our house, um, and so he was here full time, and he was my night job. I would get through, and he and I may be over there to midnight. But the first time I saw him throw, he was up in Indy trying to get back, and I call. He had sent me a bunch of clips and said, "What do you think?" I immediately called him. I said, you better quit throwing. You're going to ruin your arm. You're so badly out of sync, and which he did. And when he came back, we, we went in the visitor's locker room. He didn't want anybody to see him try to throw, and he could not throw it across the locker room. So his willingness to work was maybe the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But I can tell you this, I, it was hard. He would ask me almost every night, we're riding back to my house, should I even be doing this? I mean, is this, you know, is this going to be worth it? Can I do I said, Peyton, only you can answer the, is it worth it? Um, the work ethic, I told him, I said, you, you can do it. I mean, you're the one human being that I would not bet against being able to overcome this and do it. We, we can get this rebuilt. And it was interesting. Um, we went through every phase of, of being a young quarterback, from catching snaps. People don't think when you're in the gun that that's a big deal. Well, you, you have to have your eyes downfield and read coverage. You don't want to recruit a quarterback that can't catch it like a middle infielder and, and feel it with his hands, and he had lost feeling in his hands. And then every every step, I mean, footwork, uh, alignment, and in really learning, he really strengthened his legs, his core, and learning to really kind of throw a little differently. And, and as you said, to stop this long story, he worked so hard so well that in the end, he had the greatest season in the history of the NFL with – maybe 80% of the arm strength that he had prior to that. And only Peyton Manning could do that because his anticipation of coverage, the intelligence he used to play the game, that computer brain of his. And so I, I got a lot of joy. I would get the, the video of, of their games every week and at some point late in the week during our season, just for fun, take a break from our world and watch it. And he just truly uh, amazed me, uh, particularly that year. David, it's Chris again. You know, I think about all the years I've covered sports, and I think about players, not only football players, but basketball and baseball players who came out with so much publicity. Of course, he's Archie's son, and so much was expected of him that that, that continually over and over again lived up to that billing, collegiately, professionally off the field haven't had a front row seat for Peyton does it still amaze you at a guy again you know it's hard enough to come in and be 
you know, Archie Manning's son. He's the number one prospect in the country. You know, he's a guy all through collegiately, stayed all four years. He goes in the number one pick in the draft. And yet he over and over and over again lived up to that billing. Even now, how amazed are you that he was able to do that? Well, well I, I'm without question, it is amazing. But they they both, and, and, and Eli had to follow that same circumstance. Right, right. That his brother had stepped in. So I got to watch both of them. And they have a beautiful ability to focus on the task at hand, which is inward. It's about them and how they value their work, uh, how they assess themselves. I've often described it as my mother described it for me years ago. There's a difference between success and achievement. I was upset about not getting an award I thought I should have gotten. And she looked at me, she said, do you believe in your heart of heart that you have done everything you could possibly do to be the best you can be? Forget what other people think. And I said, yes, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, well, that's the difference in success and achievement. Success or awards or someone else's opinion. Achievements being able to look in the mirror and know that you have absolutely done everything you can to be the best that you can be, and it's a whole lot more satisfying. Well, I think somewhere along the way, Archie must have heard that, and Archie instilled that in his children, and that standard is the one that I think most great ones go by. Not that they don't care what people think, they just don't hear it. Um, Good or bad, and that's the hard part. You know, when you start hearing the, the good, it may be worse than the critical things that you hear and I've tried to do that as a coach uh, and I certainly think it is the path that you can use to be a um, to be a great athlete or a great performer coach you said that uh, Archie passed that along to his boys now you've got Arch Manning uh, which we won't ask you to talk about him because he's a recruit but at the same time you've got Marshall who is Peyton's son? How, you know, I, I'm not saying you're going to stick in there long enough to recruit Marshall because he's not that old. But like, do you do you see anything in your time around th- th- that young man that makes you think eh, maybe he's got a little Peyton in him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Tennessee fans uh, want that to happen. Yeah, no question. Well, after um, they did all the videoing and all the show and. So Philip and, and, and Dungey and Caldwell, those guys were over there talking. Well, Mosley and, and Marshall um, had come out there and hugged their dad, and I didn't want to stand around and talk to the other coaches. I got Marshall and Mosley. They had a ball, and we I'm a kid myself. We went over there and started playing football, and we had a blast. And so hey, Marshall's throwing the heck out of it. And, um, you know, Mosley's taller than him, which is getting to him. She reminded me three or four times she's taller. And I, I said, saw I know that in Mosley. the video, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can throw it too. And I had a blast with them. Then Peyton, of course, telling me, I'm going to turn you in. That's a violation. You working with a, you know, a prospect <laughs> in, in a dead period. I said, okay, you turn me in, brother. Fine. But, yeah, people should be excited. And, and he's he's got – Ashley and I were talking about it. I mean, he's just his dad. He's got a standard already um, for himself, and he's got that same kind of mind. Don't say something around Marshall that you don't want him to remind you. You said it six months ago. So 
pretty cool. Well, David, man, we really, really appreciate your time. And I, I go back. At, I can't believe, first of all, it's been 20, almost 24 years. My first year, I always kid Philip. My first year on the beat was 97, and, and that was Peyton's last year. But covering that crowd and covering that era of Tennessee football and getting to know you and being around just so many so many good people and so many winners, but it's certainly good to see Peyton go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Al Wilson going into the College Football Hall of Fame in a year or two. Two pretty good football players who both in their own way have represented the University of Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I, I told T, I talked to T. Martin recently, and I told him, you know, following Peyton was a difficult thing for T. But I thought he and Al together really made all of that work. They, they were the best crossover leaders, meaning defense and offense influencers I'd ever been around. And, and what an era. And, you know, my time there was 19 years. Um, really, as good of memories as I'm going to ever have. And my wife, obviously, my wife came out of that era, you know, being a Tennessee grad. But we were doing the math. This is bizarre, I think. And she reminds me all the time. We were getting beat this year, and it was a tough year. And she said, you're just spoiled. And we counted up my last 12 years at Tennessee was 119 wins, which is almost 10 a year. And I said, I get you, Karen. I get your point, you know. I just hope I didn't use them all up then, right? So we'll see what happens. Well, David, my friend, I want to say this on your way out. You way out kicked your coverage with Karen Cutcliffe, okay? Let's get that out there on the record. (laughs) No doubt. And, and has a no couple. Of good, have, you, you got a couple of good boys, Marcus and Chris. Is Chris still coaching ball? He is. He's the head coach at Oxford High School. That's what I thought. They won the state championship last year, and they lost it heartbreakingly this year, six A. And they had won twenty five games in a row. He's done a great job building a program. But they'll be good every year there. He's got a great staff and great off-season program, all the things you've got to do to have a good high school program, he's done it there. Well, he learned uh, from the best, David Cutcliffe. All our best to the Duke Blue Devils, and let's hope for a much more normal football season in 2021, David. You you know I'm praying every day, no doubt. Chris, you're the best, man. Take all care. Right. Thank you, David. That's David all Cutcliffe, right. Duke University's head football coach, talking about one of the best to ever play the game, Peyton Manning going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame.